up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and we got a great program for you today. We was recently up in Columbia City, Indiana at New Beginnings Church. What an awesome church they have up there. Pastor Jeff Lewis and his great family of believers up there treated us like we were family. We was there with Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band and also David Walco of Truckers for the Homeless. And we got a great message for you on today's program from David Walco, the Truckers for Homeless Ministry. And you're going to find out all about this great ministry. And you might even want to be a part of that. So his number is 502-975-5777. Or log on to truckersforthehomeless.com. So we want to thank you for riding along with us in the cab today. And we're going to have... Church on the Road with David Walco and Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band. Buckle up and hang on. Got that right. 
matter what you drive, a Chevy Dodge or Ford Just come on down and hang around and we will praise the Lord Y'all get some folks together and we'll crank up the band We'll play some songs, you can sing along, you can even raise your hands Then before you know it, you'll be dancing to the beat And you're a Christian country Jesus free Christian country, Jesus free Is what folks say we are Our music may be honky-tonk But we don't play in bars We travel across America Praising our King Giving God the glory Each and every time we sing Looking forward to the day When we kneel at His feet I'm a Christian country Jesus free should turn it up. Y'all know what it means when a redneck puts his hat on backwards, right? Now it's getting redneck time. Y'all ready for a Christian redneck song? If that wasn't redneck enough for you, y'all believe that our Jesus is a mighty rushing wind? Y'all really believe it? Use your other hand too. Let me see you do this. All right, now if this computer works the way it's supposed to work, in just a minute you're going to hear us kick off a song. It says...
For my father is creator, my brother is a savior, and I hang out with the mighty rushing wind. And I own a title to a mansion, I'm on my way to heaven, did I mention, I've been born again.
get on your knees and pray, Father, forgive. Let him take your hand and show you how to live. He'll take you in his arms and protect you from all harm. And in your lonesome valley, shelter he will give. Down in a lonesome valley, the mountain looks so tall. And in a lonesome valley, to my Savior I call. Cold, cold ground 
Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band, and what a great, 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 great night we had at Columbia City, Indiana, New Beginnings Church, Pastor Jeff Lewis and his great congregation. And hey, we're not through yet. We got a great message for you by Chaplain David Walco. David Walco is a chaplain for Channel 21 Ministries and a part of Lonesome Road Ministry, and we really enjoy working with him. Anytime we get a chance to work with David, we're going to be there because he is a great guy, and also this boy can preach. Here's David Walco. I'm going to start in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. It says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to talk to you this morning about timing, or more specifically, God's timing. We live in an age where we are used to getting what we want when we want it. If we're hungry, we microwave something, or we hit the drive-through. If we pull up to get a Big Mac at McDonald's and the line's too long, we go to the Burger King and say, well, a Whopper sounds good. If that line's too long, we might go to Dairy Queen or we change our minds so many times on what we want to eat. And it's the same thing spiritually. God, I know you want to, I need a healing in my knee, but I don't want to study the scriptures and have to put the time in to see all the healing scriptures. I would rather just ask for something easier. Can you relate to what I'm saying here? If we don't get it as soon as we ask God for it, we think he didn't hear our prayers or he doesn't love me. If God really loved me, he would let me hit the lottery. If God really loved me, he would give me that Cadillac. If God really loved me, he would heal me or my wife. Satan has lied to us for so long with that lie that we doubt God's word. We doubt God's love. I know God loves me, but I didn't see it or I didn't want to believe it when he took Darlene away. He didn't take Darlene away. He healed her. He He just took her in and he just healed her in a different way than what Dave wanted. But there's no way I'd bring her back to this world. But that's not where I'm going with this message. But Satan has lied to us so long with that. He told us that lie so, so, so long that we doubt God's word. We doubt God's love. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to remember this question. How could you think that God doesn't love you 
when you were his idea to start with. He thought you into existence. In Adam, he breathed the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified and ordained you. So it was a belly before it was a womb. So he knew Jeff before dad's, Jeff's dad knew he was the Jeff. Amen? Amen. James 1.17, don't have to go there because it's going to be real quickly. says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God has your best interest at heart. And even though he doesn't give you what you ask for when you ask for it, <clears throat> he's not going to withhold any good thing from you. Amen? Amen? But he won't give you something that's going to take your heart away from him. Amen. Because he's a jealous God. And he's not going to take any, give you anything that's going to take your focus off his word, him, or your purpose. We all were created with a purpose. We've heard that the whole weekend. We've been hearing that. If you're listening to the radio, if you listen to any kind of songs, our purpose is being fulfilled in this very hour. I used I, I when I first started going to church, I'd see these the, the pastors' kids and think, man, I wish I'd have grown grown up in church. I would you know I, I I I see with my physical eyes because they're the pastor's kid, and I know I've heard stories otherwise <laughs> that these kids are perfect, and they wouldn't know I wouldn't have went through the things that I've went through. But even though God didn't create me to be a drug addict. Because that wasn't his intention. But he doesn't take my free will away. But all things, according to Romans 8.28 says, all things work for the good of those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Yes. Yes. And all roads lead back to the purpose of the Father. Amen. So, <clears throat> but I don't minister to the people that my pastor ministers to. He says he can't reach the people that I reach. Because we're out in the streets and we're out talking about drug addicts and the alcoholics. We look over in Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7 says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. An heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. God has provided everything that we need. And just because we're still on the milk of the word, instead of the meat of the word, he will not release it to you because he can't trust you with it. If I had hit the lottery and won a million dollars, the old Dave would have found a way to spend a million dollars on Dave. Dave in Christ 
if I hit the lottery because I had to play it to hit it. Darling told me that, she goes, you can't win if you don't play. <laughs> if I was to get a million dollars, it would be for the work of the kingdom. Because he provides all everything that I need according to his riches and glory. So I don't need anything. But if he was to give me and bless me or the ministry with a million dollars, there would be homeless shelters. There would be teams all around this country set up to feed the homeless. And the devil tries to stop that. God knows everything that, and he knows the end and the beginning, but we don't. We might think something that we want is what we want, but God. We've heard all the time people say, but God. If God hadn't showed up, I'd be serving 100 years in prison. If God didn't show up, you might be dead as up from alcohol poisoning. If God didn't show up, Gary might have run off the road in a, in a field chasing down that sign. But God knows that he has something better for us. Amen. God knows that if you settle down and settle into his plans, his agenda, and his timing, that you will live the abundant life that Jesus hung on the cross to give us. God knows your worth. Do you know what you're worth? You're worth Jesus coming down out of heaven and <clears throat> to a vile, reprobate world to set us free from sin. Amen. We're worth it all. Enough that he would hang on the cross and shed his blood so that we may be redeemed and be brought back to the Father. Look at Martha and Mary and Martha. God is such an on-time God that he left, didn't leave, let Lazarus die, but he left him in the grave for four days before he showed up. Not that he couldn't have raised him on the first day, because you all read the story and you know that they petitioned for the Lord, go get him, go get him. Why'd you, why didn't you come when we called for you? Because my brother would still be alive. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And, they, and Mary said, but we know that when, you, when the Messiah comes, that, you'll, that we'll, be, we'll come to life. He says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. He that comes to me will not, not die. But even on the fourth day, he told them to roll back the stone. And they said, well, why, Lord? He stinks. <laughs> How many stinking Christians do you know? <laughs> I know quite a few. Sitting in church, lifting their hands, praising the Lord, and then talking about sister so-and-so the next minute. Walking outside saying, like I shared at the conference, who does Gary think he's affecting with all these CDs he sends out? Who does Dave think he's reaching by feeding these homeless people? Why don't you pray for these ministries? Amen. Amen. Why don't you be a reacher, as Gary calls it? You know, don't be a talker. Be a reacher. Take what God's given you because he saved us not uh, for, maybe some people won't understand, but people might hear this other than today. He didn't design you to sit on your rear end in a pew. What he's freely given to us, we're supposed to share. To be a blessing. He doesn't bless you just to be for yourself. In the book of James, I only have a few scriptures, but 
It's a lot better than what it was because when God gave me the message, he gave me one word. I thought the message that I, that I shared at the conference because I didn't know I was preaching at the conference until Gary called me two days before and said, you'll be here Saturday? Yes. Oh, you're preaching. Okay. I thought this was for Jeff's church. God says, be instant. In season and out of season. <laughs> and he may only give you a word or a thought. And then he throws it in and he pulls the little thing and goes, study to show yourself approved. I know my word. Why don't you learn it? <laughs> James 1, chapter, uh, ch chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. We are perfect when we are complete in him. He's talking about perfect. He just means we're being whole. Everything we have is in Christ Jesus. Period. We need to learn to be patient and seek his perfect timing. Don't worry about our own agendas. We need to be at the point where it doesn't matter if anybody knows who Dave Walco is or Gary Rayburn or Roger Barkley or Chuck Helms. Who is Jesus? Amen. You don't, I don't care if you ever remember my name. Remember the guy that used to come up here and preach to us about Jesus? He always talked about Jesus. He was a flake, but he talked about <laughs> he talked about Jesus. Man will let you down. Well, how do we learn to be patient and seek his perfect timing? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So when we are focused on him and his agenda and his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these gifts that he gives us to share with others, then he'll give us what he wants to give us. Which is, I guarantee you, greater and more unfathomable than you could ever imagine. Because I believe that God has this mini storage, to use a parable, so we don't, a mini storage of blessings for each and every one of us with our own little locker. And until he knows within the shadow of a doubt that you're his, he won't release it. But once he releases it, it's not just for you either. Others get blessed as a secondary consequence. When, they, when the priest poured oil down Aaron's beard, it said it covered his whole head and ran down the train of his garments to bless those that were near him. Amen? We turn and we look in the book of Habakkuk. That's page uh, 675 or 74 in my Bible. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Verse 1 says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what shall I answer when I am reproved? And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, I will not tarry. If God's given you a vision, 
You need to write it down where you can physically see what God's told you to do. Because your mind gets bombarded by Satan on a daily basis. Sometimes it's an hourly basis to try to distract you from the purpose he's called you to do, to fulfill. If you stay grounded in the Bible, they say we only use a small portion of a percentage of our brain. So if we, some use more, others like me use less. I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm in a small group, anointed group, but a small group. (laughs) But if you write the vision down, it gives you a plan to what you need to focus on. Like Gary said, when you, once you put your hand under the plow, you don't, there's no turning back. You start plowing that field, why would you go back and plow up ground you've already, you already went through? Keep going forward. Turn around and come back. If there's, if there's some shaft that you had or pick up on the wayside, pick it up and, and graft them in. Don't just toss them, toss them about. When God gave me the vision for Truckers for Homeless 10 years ago, I never thought that it would be where it is today because it started with two hot dogs and a bottle of water and when we first started and, and Darlene ran with it when I told her I said man I give this guy hot dogs and, and God's telling me to start this ministry I said I can't understand how God could use me in a ministry but he's wanting me to start this ministry feeding homeless and she says oh oh we need to get these bags I said something about a shoe box she goes oh no we need, we need a bag and she was just so excited we need a bag so they can carry their stuff and use it later. It's like, okay. So the bags, the first were like a little dollar store. You get two for a buck. And it had a little, uh, like, rope cord or whatever on it. And we'd write, Jesus loves you with a black Sharpie. Each and every bag. And then she started having these ideas of what to put in these bags. Well, I don't like beanie weenies. Well, maybe they do. Well, we've got to give them a Bible. Got to give them water. Most of them need toothbrushes and toothpaste. <laughs> Even though she made light of it, things that we take for granted that we just go to the store and pick up at the dollar store or Dollar Tree because it's, oh, I'm almost out of toothpaste. Some of them don't get. They take their finger and they rub it through water or, or, or spit just to clean their teeth. So these bags, she's wanted to start, she wanted to start putting in toiletries and hand sanitizer and even though they they might be dirty. They want their, she wants their hands to be clean so they could eat. And then around the winter time, she says, when they start putting in blankets, it's going to be cold. And scarves. And gloves. And pocket warmers. And I'm thinking, man, we're paying for this out of our pockets. I don't care. Of course not. You're not working. <laughs> I am. But see, I didn't see the vision. She did. And then it's getting close to Christmas time, but we need to put a $10 McDonald's gift card in there with a Christmas card because everybody likes opening a Christmas present. Come on, Darlene. Killing me here. She says, What kind of God do you serve? One that can fill one bag or a hundred? What kind of God do you serve? The God that can heal my knee that needs to be healed? Or a God that can heal my whole body? 
and have left over. So in the last 10 years, the ministry's grown. And there, and, and look, there's been a whole lot of valleys. There's been a whole lot of mountaintops. And I get tired of going into valleys. But without the valleys, I can't tell everybody how, what God's brought us through. We've had attack after attack after attack. And I'd say, when, God, when? Just be still. Trust me. All you got to do is trust me. Amen. Trust to the old day was a five-letter word that I didn't see a whole lot of in my life. So it's, how can I trust someone that I can't see when, when I can't trust the people that I could see that always fell by the wayside because man will let you down. May not intend to, but they do. So let me buy a van and the van breaks down. Oh, by the way, the van did run perfectly before we picked it up. Got 40 miles down the road. Motor goes out. Mechanic tells me yesterday it's going to cost $5,000 to get the van fixed. Okay. So Dave's thinking, well, Jeff's telling me about another van up here for sale. And I can get this van, sell the other one to, to pay for the other van. 4.30 this morning, 4.39 actually this morning. God says, we we'll talk about faith, won't you walk in faith? So I text the mechanic, I said, pull the motor. God's already brought in the $5,000. He hasn't in the natural, but he has in the spirit. And I believe that. A company in California was donating $500 a month to the ministry. And they decided, because, because of the economic times, that they had to stop supporting us. And they said, I'm sorry, maybe at a later date we'll be able to pick it back up again. Let's just see how the economy goes. The very next day, I get a phone call from a lady named Jack, Jacqueline Powell with Spectrum News. And she wants to do a story about Truckers for the Homeless. It took her four hours riding around in the car with me. And uh, I want Roger to share this video with you if he's got it up. And then I want, I'll finish with a couple more little phrases. Yeah. Dave Walco's life's work revolves around driving. For 25 years, he drove a semi-truck for a living. Now, he spends more rewarding days on the road for a different mission. A bag full of McDonald's and bottled waters in tow. It's always fun when you pull up to the drive and say, I need a dozen McDoubles and a dozen McChickens. <laughs> see what this guy looks like. He's going to eat 20 sandwiches real quick. He jokes, but the food isn't for him. You can see I haven't missed very many meals. His goal is to make sure others don't either. Well, you and your little fur baby. There you go, God bless you. As a truck driver, Walco drove by countless people experiencing homelessness along highways all across the U.S. But one man he saw while pulling into a truck stop in New Mexico changed everything. He had a sign that said, I know I'm dirty, I know I'm homeless, but I'm still hungry. And I thought... He bought that man a couple of hot dogs, and in the 10 years since, he's kept working to feed thousands more. 
He founded the nonprofit Truckers for the Homeless, enlisting fellow drivers and donations from others to also feed people they see along the way. And I'll be able to reach them all. Here at home in Kentucky, he took me on one of his routes through Louisville. So what we're getting ready to go is down off on Jefferson, and I don't even know if we have enough food for the people down there. But you know what? I got a debit card, so if we need more food. As soon as we make the stop, people start lining up for what's in his trunk. There you go, brother. It's not just warm food. I got a bag that's got a bottle and some commodities in here. Everyone gets one of these care bags and genuine interaction. Nice to meet you. What's your name? I'm making an effort to shake your hand, ask them their name. What's your name? Dan. Dan and Dave. Can I pray for you? People have been so used to being homeless and so used to being demoralized and shunned and don't come near me. It's a feeling Walco himself knows. So protect him while he's out there on the streets. In Jesus' name, amen. After everyone at the first stop is taken care of and we head out. We got one bag, a few sandwiches left, so. Find some more. Walco explains how he fell into homelessness in the early 2000s. I was a drug addict, and I left my wife because I didn't have enough money to do my drugs. And I was living on a friend's back porch, all about Churchill Downs, because he didn't have any room, any room in his house for me to stay. He says he struggled for years until he was finally caught with marijuana and meth in his semi. Because he was traveling in a commercial truck over multiple state lines. I was looking at 100 years in prison. He tried to take his life in his jail cell. I laid there on the floor and the sheet on my throat. I, I was crying because I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live. I didn't want to take down my wife. And I said, so I, I looked up at the, ceiling, at the ceiling and I said, you know, I don't even know if you're real. But I'm 42 years old. If there's something you want me to do in my life, I think that'd be a good time to show up. After that, he says he read the one book he had available, the Bible, every day in solitary confinement until he was released due to jail overcrowding six months later. Now, this book rides along everywhere he travels. And so do the memories of his wife, Darlene, who took him back after all that and was a driving force in making Truckers for the Homeless successful. Darlene always called me, how many bags you got up? I said, you know, one or two, and she said, don't bring any bags home. When Darlene's health began declining due to Alzheimer's a couple of years ago, he traded in his 18-wheeler for a desk job. They continued to help people together at home in the bluegrass until she died in March on his birthday. She's up there with her mom and dad and sister and brother. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Look at him. <laughs> He's a mess. He really did love me. I won't give up. Come for As he continues to work his wife loved. Hey, you guys hungry? Come on over here. out meals. He likes to drive through McDonald's. He's got to walk on the back of the Durango. And encouragement. He hopes to inspire more people to join him. Amen. He says with the state of the economy, he's lost a lot of financial support and most of the volunteer drivers who would deliver his bags to people. Which makes it down to coming out of my pocket again. That's okay. He says with the work he's doing. There you go, brother. God bless you. I get blessed more than the homeless people that we feed. And that's all he needs to keep moving forward. Jacqueline Powell, Spectre News 1. That's awesome. God takes. Yeah, you've got hands. God takes an old broken down truck driver with a bag, turns it into this, and I was worried when the donation stopped from California. The first day that this aired, there was over $600 donated. 
they also said that uh, it was going to play from from 5 a.m. till noon. But everybody in the studio saw it and said it's going to run till five. So they actually ran it for 24 hours every hour on the on on like few minutes after the hour they played this. Four minutes and 29 seconds long, and they said this is a secular news channel. And she and uh, Jacqueline said, and it's Don Powell from WJCR's daughter. Um, that's how we got all the connection. Well, God was the connection, but through through Don. And uh, she goes, most of the stories are two to three minutes long, and I hope they don't make me edit the the, the show. But it doesn't just report. When her immediate boss saw it. He said, don't touch a thing. And he makes me so, feel, feel so bad. I need to go out and buy a bunch of Big Macs to go hand them out. It's, um, it had been over 1,300 views so far on Facebook. Uh, 50 some shares. Um, they've also said they want to send it out the, the the uh, station manager is sending it out to other markets to find out which markets are going to play this 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 story, and uh, it's going to go across the U.S. They're also submitting this story for a local Emmy award. And somebody asked me, "Is that, are you going to accept that?" I said, "Not for me. It's for the reporter. Actually, it's for God." But it's God's timing. I didn't see something like this ten years ago. I couldn't even fathom something like this ten years ago. And then Kentucky Education called me the other day, and I thought it was a spam caller, so I didn't answer the phone. <laughs> I thought, no, I didn't. I wasn't going to answer. I was like, man, I know they're going to say, because I donated to the firemen or police. I don't remember which one I donated to, but they've all been calling me for donations. Since they were allowed to start calling your cell phones, we get all these calls. But when I picked this phone up, it was Clayton with Kentucky Educational TV. He said, we, we got wind of your story. And we want to know if you'll come in and let us interview you next week so we can blast it across our network also. That's the God we serve. Amen. He makes a way where there seems no way. Right. Amen. Amen. I just thank God that he's chosen me. Instead of just leaving me this idol and left, left me to my own ways. Amen. Father, I thank you for, uh, for being you. I thank you that you're all that we ever need. And I pray that as we uh, go through our days, that we seek you first to find out what you want us to do. That we don't just have an idle day of not being anything or being effective for the kingdom. I thank you that we have all power over death, hell, and the grave that you gave to your son. That as a, in the spirit of adoption, we also have it. And your son said that these works he does will do greater because he went unto you. And anything we ask in his name, you'll do it. So, Lord, I thank you for the angels you send out to protect us when we go out to the streets and the highways and, and the byways to, to minister your word. That you lead us to the people that need to hear it, that receive it. And, Lord, even if they don't accept your forgiveness right then, we're planting a seed. And we're going to try to reach everybody that you put us in the path. I thank you that um, for every opportunity you give us, I thank you for every opportunity you give me. And I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen.
protect me from what I can't see Lord, I believe Lord, I believe Somebody's praying for me are watching I can feel it Angels are watching over me There's many miles till I get home Still I'm safely kept before your throne Lord I My pillow was a stone I've been through the darkest caverns Where no light has ever shone Still I went on Cause there was someone Who was down on their knees And Lord I thank you for those people Praying all this time for me Somebody's praying I can feel it Somebody's praying for me Mighty hands are guiding me To protect me from what I can't see Lord, I believe Lord, I believe Somebody's praying for me Somebody from God? Would you like to get closer to God than you've ever been? It's as simple as saying a little prayer, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, asking Jesus Christ to fire you back up like you was when you first got saved. Whatever the situation is with you right now, we want to pray with you. All you got to do is pray a simple little prayer. It can be as simple as 
Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to do more. I want to be everything that you've called me to be. Take out my stony heart and give me a brand new heart. I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Faced a mountain that I never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never had before. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes the trouble seems. Sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me. Your love is so much stronger than whatever troubles me. Sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and Give me Jesus I thought I could control Whatever life would throw my way But this I will admit Has brought me to my knees Oh, and I, I'm not ashamed Sometimes it takes a mountain Sometimes a troubled sea Sometimes it takes a desert To get a
you letting us ride along with you in the cab and you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web you can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page so check it out and if you ask jesus christ into your heart then give us a call and let us know been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. 